tonight on Rogue Padron. So, oh my god. No, never mind, never mind. <laughs> no, you're I'm supposed like, to interrupt her when she says tonight. I yeah, told I'm you sorry. I thought I didn't have, I thought I'd lost the notes, but actually I lost them because I was looking at them. That's fine. Happens to the best of us. <laughs> happens to all of us. So, it's cameo time. Anyway. Uh, New York Times bestselling author General Leia Organa of Alderaan. Squatatan karaoke is not is not easy on the ears. Neither is you pronouncing the word squamata. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's because I wanted to say the word squat and all the letters switched. Um, Squatatan. Squamatan. <laughs> Squamatan. <laughs> okay. And then Poe will make a man out of Finn. This is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue Six standing by. Rogue Seven standing by. Rogue Nine standing by. Those were tough to get through. <laughs> yeah, they were. Squama, Squamatan. Not my best work either, if I do say so myself. Squamatan. Is that... Squ- Squamatan. I don't know. I mean, it's made up and fake. It's fake and it's based. <laughs> However, it is based off the word squamata, which is Latin for lizards. Oh, oh. are they lizards? So I just assume that the adjective version is squamatan. This just really isn't fair because this squam. Squamatan <laughs> looks <laughs> very close together, and it looks like the word squat man, and so that's what I wanted to say. It looks very close together? The yeah, letters are the same distance work, as all man. other letters. <laughs> that's how words work. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, I'm not. Like, I'm fine. Ooh, I used the condensed font for just that one word. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Okay. Hello, listeners. Hello. Oh, Meg is in great shape tonight. <laughs> this is good. Welcome to Rob Season 14, Mission 7, Episode 119. Yep. I did that backwards than I usually say it. Anyway, tonight we'll be tackling some of Resistance Reborn. Um, but before that, here's a quick reminder of your hosts. If Ash, Rogue Nine, was related to a type of salt, she'd be a Himalayan salt lamp because she needs more sleep. And those what? Sleep How does this work? <laughs> or, I can't tell if you're dragging me or not. It's a helpful reminder. Get more sleep. We had a salt lamp at home and it just destroyed everything it touched. Well, <laughs> so I don't know what you're a ring, saying. A ringing me. endorsement for Ash. <laughs> I meant it in a nice way because it helps your energy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. to be fair, we all still loved the salt lamp. Oh, see, 
nothing to worry about then. Yeah. All right. Danny Rogue Six is someone who'd say N-A-C-L instead of salt because they're too smart and sassy. Oh, no. And I've already proved that like four times over the course of the last five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) It's Squamatin, not Squamatin. (laughs) Oh, we're all gay drag today. Yep. (laughs) Seth, Rogue Seven, would have a salt lick because it seems like some weird New Zealand thing to just have a salt lick in their pocket. I have a story about this. And also, like, of course you have a story about this. Um, when I was a kid, I lived on a farm. And Can we just fill in the rest? Can we just assume what the Wait, rest of the story is? I know the story! I know yeah. the story! I, I, I thought Meg might know the story. I lived on a farm and our cows had a salt lick and I would go out and lick it. Because I was like, oh, I love salt. And so my parents bought me a tiny salt lick so I can have a little salt stone at home. So I would stop going out and licking the cow's salt lick. I think you've told this story on the podcast before, actually. I think so, yeah. Odie and Tom, let us know. It felt specifically fitting for this. Saf, I'm amazed we have never connected over the fact that we both grew up on a farm. (laughs) Yeah. Thought that was going a salt lick direction. We are both farm girls, deep down. Ash, did you have a tiny salt lick that you your parents gave you because you really wanted to share with the cows? No, but I did. My one cow story is that the first woodworking project I ever made was a table. And then in the time it took me to go out to go inside, tell my dad I made it and come back outside, a cow sat on it. So <laughs> I love cows so much. <laughs> that is big cow energy right there. Big cow, big cow energy. <laughs> Wow, okay. And I'm Meg, Rogue Leader. And I'm actually salt deficient in my blood, and that's pretty bad because it's probably what causes a lot of my dizziness and headaches. Yeah, I, I've i had that before. It's not great. Yeah. Get some salt no. Get a salt lick. I gotta get a tiny salt lick. <laughs> I have to ask my dad if I can have a tiny salt lick. Yeah. And if Heath were here, he would just be straight up salty. Yeah. Yeah. Just straight salt. I feel like he'd be Salt Bay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Salt Bay. The guy with the... Yeah. Meg's doing an action, but you can't hear it, but it's the, the guy that... Like, you know exactly the Salt Bay We're all action. acting out a gif right salt now. Bay. <laughs> it looks great. Not as great as if Heath was here. Yeah, Heath would be able to get it just right. He's... He's the salt bay. Heath is not here right now because he's literally in the process of having a baby. Baby As what? You can't baby speak. what? By the time happening. you're listening to this, there's probably a baby Heath in the world, and ah! the world is a better place because of it. Yeah, but right now we're we we our own baby watch. Listen, this baby knew it was Rogue Pod Night because baby was supposed to come on Monday. <laughs> baby waited. <laughs> yeah, baby waited until Rogue Pod Night. No, Saturday. Baby was supposed to come on Saturday. So baby yeah, waited been, a long time. It's almost time. a week. It's already synced with the chaos cycle. It is. <laughs> yeah. oh, we no, are so, we are so powerful. <laughs> if it syncs with the chaos like... cycle, that just means baby's going to give Leah a bunch of contractions and then just be like, nah. <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, maybe tomorrow. Oh, this is bad news for Leah. <laughs> or, or maybe you'll fall asleep halfway through. Be born tomorrow. We can wait. <laughs> A little drama queen already. Oh my god, I'm really excited for this chaos, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be great. See you soon, chaos baby. We hope. 
All right. So, speaking of chaos babies, <laughs> some, here's a question about Star Wars that I actually did have one today, and then I completely forgot about it um, because I didn't write it down, which was a mistake. Oh, no. What was my Star Wars question? It was about new content. Mm, do we have new content? We had a lot of new content. Do we have new content? <laughs> we, we, there was a ton of new Star Wars content over like the last three days. Well, speaking of new content, I started listening to the audiobook for Force Collector, which is a YA oh. book that came out yesterday. And Saf, there's Sifo-Dyas content in there. So <gasps> just My saying. boy's back! Uh, I mean, not really, because it oh. takes place in the sequel trilogy era. But the you... premise is a kid that's like going and learning about old Force relics. So that that's your tease. All right. Do you like I'm it even... so far? It's pretty good. It's kind of fun. I mean, it, it's a lot like Lost Stars, where it's like someone who is just like finding themselves on the periphery of all the main events that we know about. But I enjoy books that are about like the normies, as it were. And so it's kind of cool to see like here's what normal people like think or understand about Jedi and the Force and what happened with the Skywalkers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Sephardias is mentioned, so I'm here for that. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure the audiobook has Harry Potter soundtrack music in there, which was like really throwing me off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's a Star Wars question. Um, today, the Star Wars account tweeted about finding all of the Star Wars names that have emoji on them. Mm. And so people were trying out a lot of them. Who would you pick for your Star Wars emoji? McClunky. McClunky has one. What about yeah, one I that know. doesn't have one? Oh, one that doesn't have one? Oh, yeah. Oh, BB, oh, wait, BB-98 had one. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's fun. Uh... Did um, Captain Kennedy have one? Oh, I want to be Captain Kennedy. You can have Captain Kennedy. Yes! All right, I just I'm think, Captain I think Kennedy. Captain I like Kennedy needs 23 Of course he would be. R5-D4. Wait, no! Aww. You can be Captain Kennedy because I'm going to be peasy. Did Claude have one? <laughs> Claude doesn't have one. Okay, Claude. Yeah. We're just going to glaze over Saf's peasy cup. <laughs> I mean, peasy's dead. We all know it. Peasy is Saf, not. Saf okay. knows it. Um, I got I got that big pop up book from um Inside Imprints, right? The big Star right. Wars pop up book. It's very big. And if you open the one that's on um, how oh big God. is it? It's so it's big, so Danny. Big. It's so big. It's so big. I tried to open it all up on our kitchen bench, which is quite big, so that I could see it all out, and it did not fit. Um, and also my cat wanted to jump on it. But uh, what's the planet called that they go to at the end of the Force Awakens? Dakar. No. Crate? No, no. The, yeah, the one where the rebel base is. Dakar. Dakar. Oh, D- Dakar. Yeah, Dakar. In that, if you Why'd you tell me little... no? <laughs> no, no. I, I didn't hear you properly. And also, oh. I assumed someone was going to say Arc 2, so I was prepared for that. Because <laughs> that's where they go. Technically correct. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you open up one of the little pop up things, PZ's in there, and it was very exciting for me. Wow. There you go. That's my review of did, the pop-up book. I met um, the author of that book, Matthew Reinhardt, I think. Michael Reinhardt? Matthew? I don't know. The author of that book? Yeah, the the, the guy who does the actual pop-up Oh, the paper engineering guy. Yeah. I, think, I was like, there's no words. 
The yeah, I did say like right. the guy who did that book, but I didn't know how to say not right, but also made the book. Yeah. Anyway, the yeah, he's like, a really pop cool designer. Very, very cool person. Loves surprised. making those books. Yeah. And they've done like a lot of other like just as intense pop-up books for like other educate some movies, some like educational. I think there was one about dinosaurs that looks pretty rad. Um but yeah, it's really neat. Cool. Check out the Big Stars pop up book from Insight Publishing. Bam. Uh, There's I one have book a weird down. comment on that is that it seems to be targeting a very specific audience between children who are who will get mad and try and tear it apart to like make everything fit properly. And adults who <laughs> care about pop-up books, and it's an interesting niche. My um, that... nephew loved it. Like, okay. could not get enough of it. So, <laughs> there's my glowing endorsement. <laughs> there you go. Speaking of, like, being rained down upon with Star Wars content, go read the pop-up book. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's, it's really quality cool. content. And it doesn't... I don't know. I feel like that book will not promote a lot of gross discourse on Twitter. So Oh, just wait. <laughs> no! <laughs> the pop-up no! book begun the pop-up book wars have. Oh my god, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to examine that. All right, let's jump into uh, speaking of being rained upon with content. Um can you believe that Resistance Reborn came out like 2 weeks ago? <laughs> Yeah, there's been so good. So much content. But uh we got Resistance Reborn, which is notable not only because it's our first like major novel featuring the sequel trilogy like mains, but also it's the first uh major novel um by Delray anyway, published by a woman of color. Is that I believe that's correct. Um, definitely, so that I know, right? definitely a woman who identifies as an indigenous area in an indigenous population. Um, I don't think it's the first because isn't um... didn't Zerdai Cordova do like Black Spire yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. was yeah. So so those aren't Del Rey. So I guess oh, whatever. Okay. If if you want to like get into the nitty gritty about like Disney publishing versus Del Rey, but anyways, it's exciting nonetheless because um, oh no, Justina Ireland also that was a Del Rey book. Was that Disney not? published. She's part of Project Insight or Luminous. But she wrote, she wrote Spark of the Resistance. Was that not? Oh. Delray only does the adult no. novels. Oh, I didn't pay attention. So only only like four books a year are Delray. Anyway, yeah. it doesn't matter. Basically, the point is there have been a lot of women of color authors in Star Wars recently, and that's really exciting. And this is one that more. That is very cool. Um, so anyway, this is going to be a two-episode discussion. Um, but be warned, because there will be spoilers for the entirety of the book. Um, because we're going to take a little bit of a different approach. We are going to go character by character because there are just so many characters in these books. Um, and so instead of, you know, kind of walking through the plot like we usually do, we're going to kind of talk about the different character journeys um, for all of our faves. So um, tonight we're going to be talking about the sequel trilogy heroes um, and the members of Black Squadron. And then if you're excited to hear about the terrible First Order characters, I'm not sure why, but we'll talk about them next week. Um, we'll also let Ash squeal about Inferno Squad next week. And then next week we'll also be checking in on a certain Rogue Pod favorite who had a major role in this book. I wonder who it could be. Wait, who was it? <laughs> it's wet. Oh my god, Seth. It's wet. Is it Yaddle? It's, it's no, Corrin Horn. It's... 
So when, oh. when was Yaddle and Rose? <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Are you telling me Cornhorn is in this book? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Seth, you need to do a better job of pretending like you've read it. <laughs> Uh, so just a general thought that I had while I was reading this is it was just kind of interesting. Like this is the last major book coming out before the last movie. And it kind of felt like it was serving a similar role because like in a lot of way, this book incorporated elements from a lot of different books over the last five years, basically since the, the legends reboot. Um, and so it kind of felt like in a lot of ways, it was sort of a, a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of a tribute to, all the books that have come out so far and Star Wars publishing so far, the same way that I imagine Tross in a lot of ways will be a tribute or a celebration of all the Star Wars movies that have come so far. So I just thought that was interesting. It's definitely the most, it definitely feels the most in universe, if that makes any sense. Like there's characters from a wide spectrum of different books. They mention things from Bloodline and Aftermath and all these other things. So somebody yeah, who like it, loves it, those books, you may be really happy. Kind of like the Avengers of the Star Wars books. Yeah. It's just like, we got all the different teams together, and they're all coming in for one big party. Yeah, so by my count, we had people from Bloodline, the Aftermath Trilogy, the Inferno Squad game, the Poe Dameron comic. Were there any others that you guys noticed of, like, tie-ins to other books or stories? You said Aftermath, yeah. Yeah. You said Aftermath most, multiple times. Rip. Is Lost Stars mm-hmm. in there? Um, kind of. Is Twyco in there? It's also covered by Bloodline more yeah, directly. Look, the problem is that I don't really remember. <laughs> Do they meet the just... Twilight Company at all? Like, no. Oh. The Twilight <laughs> Company, the actual like in-universe Twilight Company, deserved better. They get referenced yes. in Battlefront too. They kind do, of. and I do appreciate that. Kind of. Shh. Yeah, any reference of the in-universe Twilight Company <laughs> makes me happy. If it helps, the reason that Saf isn't talking is because she froze. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that. I'm just like, damn, what did I say? <laughs> am I am I back now? I you're back now. I'm gonna turn my camera. Okay, good. Off. I'm just gonna. Turn yeah, let's turn off. cameras off. See if that helps All with right. Saf's video. For the look. All right, so we are gonna begin with the general herself. General Leia, because she's who the book begins with. Um, and as we, the first thing we learn about Leia is that she is still having nightmares about that time that her <gasps> son's uh, little armada shot her ship and caused her to go for a little journey out in deep space. Yeah, so that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense, and I'm glad that she addressed it, because, like, yeah, that would mess some, even someone as resilient as Leia, that would mess you up. Yeah. Yeah, but, whew, Leia. This book really yeah. just puts into perspective how much Leia has been through and, like, how much she deserves a break. Because she mentions mm-hmm. Han a few times, too. And it's like, Yeah, God. she has not had a break it's since really Han sad. died. No. Um, I did also like when she's talking about the, f- I don't know if it was in this beginning part, but I don't remember where it is, but she talks about the force like saving her when she's out in space Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i like that it made it clear that like she wasn't really controlling it and that like jedi-ness has not been part of like her life and career um but she's still like in the force is still looking out for her she's still in tune with it yeah yeah 
Um, she has a conversation with Ray early on, and w- at which point she sh- does a shout out to Hackbar and also <laughs> Holdo, I suppose. Just mentioning you know, she's talking about all the many leaders that have been taken from the resistance by the First Order. Akbar. Um, so is our one little Akbar shout out. Was it? It wasn't. Oh, was it not? Were there more? Uh, wedge. Oh yeah, of course the wedge. Yeah, yeah. we'll talk about that next week. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll have feelings about that next week. Oh, we sure <laughs> will. We sure will. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was rough. Um, only Ben can save himself at this point is a direct quote from Leia. Good luck. Mm. Good How do we think luck. that's going to go, fam? Um, Ray's going to save ben him, right? Seems, ben seems like an idiot, so... Ray's going to save him because that's the job of the female character, right? Boo. <laughs> All right, so anyways. <laughs> I need you all to know Plot that I'm twist. kidding. I, I know It's going to that... be par. We know, Ash. Oh, Saf. <laughs> Look, you know I'm never going <laughs> to... I, I would rather let Saf die on this hill than the PZ one, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> like, if we're going to stick her on a hill, let's stick her on the Ben Poe hill. <laughs> Look, I'm already firmly planted on... Like, I don't even believe that Ben Poe will ever be canon because it's stupid. But this is this is the pairing hill that I'm here on for some my, reason. My favorite my favorite thing to do recently is tell people that I ship Poe and Ray. Not because I actually ship them, just because regardless of people who they ship, that. their reaction is priceless. Hi, I'm Poe. <laughs> They're in love. <laughs> my my favorite. To be reaction fair, I've shipped people to... on so much less. <laughs> yeah. When so, I so I mean I ship Ben and Poe. <laughs> On literally nothing. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! They have a little bit of dialogue in the Force Awakens. More than Poe um, and Ray. My favorite, my favorite reactions is because when I say I ship Ben and Poe, people are either like same, or they just look at me in utter confusion, and it's great. <laughs> so Leia's taking a nap on a little couch because uh, she's found a minute for self-care and then she wakes up with a start and yells Rin Riven die Rin Riven die and Finn and Rose and Connix are just like what is happening right now <laughs> but what's happening is that Leia has just remembered the events of Star Wars Bloodline by Claudia Gray and <laughs> decides to go visit Yendor who was a major character in Bloodline but was also a character in Lost Stars um, he's basically a big wig over on Ryloth um, and Yendor does owe her a favor, and so uh, her plan is to move the Resistance temporarily to Ryloth, uh, because she's hoping her buddy Yendor will look out for them. Yendor. And also he owes Yendor her a favor. is very handsome. Yendor is extremely handsome. Also, Has... his name rhymes with Endor, which cannot be a coincidence. <laughs> right, and wears a beautiful, like, little head tail crown, and I'm just, I'm into Yendor. He's, he's a good dude and a good dad. Yeah. He is a good dad. He's a uh, good dad. Speaking of him being a good dad, when they arrive at Ryloth, on Ryloth, Leia and company are met by Yendor's kids, who are running a little resistance cell called the Ryloth Defense Authority. Kind of a Ooh, little mini resistance children. on Ryloth. Yep. Yeah. They're great, and I want to hold them and protect them and make sure that nothing bad ever happens to either of them. Ever. 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 In other unrelated news, we will not be reading the last three chapters of this book at all, (laughs) ever. (laughs) Oh, no. And I, I'm looking ahead and seeing that there isn't a space for the Twi'leks and Yendor. So I will say, and going Yeah, we're going to talk about them here with Leia. Yeah. So, um, 
they also kind of talk about toilet culture and they do mention that letting your kids like work with you shows like how much they are um like trusting them that like they believe them and like they're honored and stuff like that which is really interesting because in rebels that's Hera's entire i mean that's a a good chunk of her arc anyway and mm-hmm. champs and champs and doula's entire arc is like learning to trust Hera that she's doing the right thing so that's really interesting i didn't think yeah. about that Speaking of Champs and Dula, we do get a little shout out to the Clone Wars slash Rebels when C-3PO is talking to Leia about how her ancestor, Anakin Skywalker, who I guess they just talk about openly now, now that Bloodline has happened. Yeah. I mean, everyone um, knows now. What's the point of stopping? Yeah. So it's just like, C-3PO is just like, oh, yes, here's all these stories about Anakin Skywalker that I guess I just wasn't telling you for 30 years. But anyways, I mean, he fought fair, side by side. Fair, C-3PO got his memory wiped, so he didn't, he probably just forgot to... So how does he know this now, if his memory was Because wiped? everyone knows it now, Danny. Oh, okay. That's fair. <laughs> Bless you. Thanks. So anyway, C-3PO tells Leia about how Anakin Skywalker fought side-by-side with Champ Syndulla, who is a terrorist, nope, freedom nope. fighter, who inspired the birth of the RDA. Um, Yendor is like, eh, eh, but eventually oh. relents and lets... That was not the sound of Yendor pooping, by the way. That was Yendor. <laughs> I didn't think it was, Danny. <laughs> making a hard That's decision. That's the sound I make when a customer comes in and asks for a particularly weird thing, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> do I really want to make this right now? Yeah, so Yendor does that because he's like, he knows that it's going to probably have a heavy toll on his people, but he also, like, he can't say no to the resistance. He's got to help them out. And of course, as soon as he does, the First Order shows up on Ryloth and spoils a perfectly good longest <sighs> night holiday classic don't you hate when that happens yes first order ruins everything (laughs) they really do true true so we'll talk more about maz kanata in a little bit but um she does while they're stationed on ryloth she brings a list of first order subversives to leia's attention and leia gets really really excited because senator ransom casterfo who she has recently remembered from star wars bloodline a star wars story by claudia gray is on that list and being held on Coronet City in Corellia. Um, there's also this is also our only shout out to the members of Star Wars Resistance. I have a because, question. Yeah. What's a subversive? It is uh, someone who the First Order has identified as um, being anti to their cause or their agenda. Okay, thank you. So the list includes like a number of prisoners that they have, but also like resistance fighters like Poe Dameron finds himself on the list or people that they think are spreading propaganda, anti-First Order propaganda. Mm-hmm. Basically, in non-political terms, it's the people that the First Order wants to round up and put away because they're it's causing their trouble. hit list. Yeah, it's their hit list. Okay. Yeah. Um, but so they're, was... not, they're not murdering everyone. Right. It's the shit list then. Yeah. 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 That's a, another way to put it. So I was disappointed that we didn't get to see more of Kaz and the Resistance crew, but it was cool that they did at least give one little shout out by just mentioning that at the end of the, the, the end of this list, like the last known location of like the last 20 people on the list was Castellan, which is the location that the first season of Star Wars Resistance takes place on. So Nice. Woo-hoo. So really, Leia's arc throughout this whole book is that she's sad and she experiences more loss, but in the end, she must carry on, which is basically her arc through every Star Wars movie ever. And how the hell does she do it, you guys? I did- because she just ha- she has to. 
I I do really like them acknowledging it though, because Leia's never really gotten, except in books. I guess in Bloodline they do this a bit, but she never really got a chance to like absorb all the terrible crap that was happening to her. You know, like there's that yeah. classic example, of, like after Alderaan gets destroyed, she's comforting Luke about Obi Wan dying. You know, yeah. and you can like retroactively say that that's just kind of the person that Leia is, but it was. It was definitely, like, an oversight. So I think it's cool that this book yeah. finally... Leia has some thoughts that don't feel like Leia, but when you realize everything she's gone through, it's like, oh, this totally makes sense. She's like, what is even the point of all this? And, like, when Inferno Squad first shows up in the book, she's, like, disappointed. She's like, man, this is nice, I guess, but we really need leaders for the Resistance. And I thought that was, like... I thought it was really interesting what they were doing with her in this book. She seems relatable to me, personally. Yeah. Because that's a big mood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um especially because like leia's last conversation with holdo was holdo telling her that like she has to keep on going and she can continue to suffer and like live through more and more pain um and like that always bothered me because that doesn't seem like a good thing to say to someone like you you obviously want to be reassuring and tell them they can get through it, but is there a better way than being like, you've endured so much pain, guess what? You have to endure some more. <laughs> like, it was just, I don't know. I was always bothered because that just seemed like such a not great thing to say to your friend slash ex-girlfriend. I think it was more of a, like a, like it is not great, but I think it's partly not great because maybe she's, hoping that by saying that Leia will be kind of pissed at her as well <laughs> yeah like gallows humor etc yeah I'm pretty sure it is because they've been through a lot together and lost a lot together so I feel like it was very much a gallows humor thing but also kind of a reminder of like Leia's probably one of the only people who can keep going through all of that at this point yeah like it I don't sucks know. but that's kind of just being yeah. Leia's role and yes yeah. I think also like Leia's not really someone that it's worth trying to code it in nice truths because Leia just knows the truth anyways. That's fair. I don't know. It just seemed, I just didn't like how it sounded. It seemed a little bit dismissive um, of like the pain that Leia has gone through and that she hasn't been allowed to like recover ever because she has to keep going. Anyway, that's not what this is about, but it's also I'm glad a brutal reminder to the audience that that is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, it is nice, like Danny said, that they showed just like how much she has to deal with on her own, basically. Uh, Ash said that, but oh, Ash, I'm either sorry. way, I always and it's, I agree. <laughs> and it's also great. I think that she doesn't get over that until the very end of the book. Like throughout mm -hmm. the entire book, she's like, "I don't know what we're going to do." And then at the end, she has a conversation. Well, like she has a, a conversation with Ray in the beginning of the book, where Ray's like something to the effect of like we're dr it's it's we're d just drops in the ocean, and Ray essentially says like we're, we're just we're just a puddle. And Ray says, well, one day all those drops will turn into an ocean. And Leia at the yeah. time is really dismissive of it, but at the end of the book, <laughs> she's like, what does Ray know about oceans? She's a desert, <laughs> she's a desert rat. <laughs> But I feel like, as well, that's, like, a very young Leia thing to say. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I bet I think Leia probably sees a lot of her younger self in Rey. It reads very similar to that quote from Last Jedi where Poe is talking to Holdo, and he's like, what's that thing Leia always said? Hope is only, like, the sun 
light, if you only believe in it when you can see it, you'll never make it through the night. It has a very similar, like, energy there. Yeah. Mm. I love that line. Oh, yeah. Well, since we're talking about it, let's jump over to Ray here. Um, so, first thing to note is that Ray is still wearing her scavenger outfit um, because she still hasn't had a chance to go shopping. <laughs> um, it's but she's like also. Her, like track pants as well. It's just well worn and comfy. Yeah, it's a good everyday, everyday outfit. She's also drinking Gata Lenten tea, which I guess is a thing. And the, all I can say is that it's better than Espcaf. <laughs> <laughs> So, so Ray's, I, I was kind of surprised by Ray's characterization in this book, because um, mm-hmm. I kind of felt like The Last Jedi was her kind of figuring out her identity and like kind of grappling with the state of the Jedi and what her role is going to be. But it seems like there's still a lot of grappling that has yet to happen. And well, so, I mean, like, she really only comes to terms with the fact that she's actually a Jedi, like right at the end. Right. And, and, that's and that Luke lo- isn't like, going to like... show her the way. Well, like, two days worth of stuff happens in that movie. Like, she's been running on adrenaline that entire time. (laughs) She's got to actually think about things properly. Yeah. Yeah, so I think in this book, like, it's it's, a lot of it is just, like, the weight of The Last Jedi is just, like, slowly starting to hit her and her, like, beginning to realize, like, oh, wow. Like, I actually need to, I don't actually know who I am still. I just, I don't know what it means to be a Jedi. I need to figure this out. Yeah. Yeah, and you have to think also that... Ray, like I, when I was reading it, I felt that like Ray was really doubting herself, um, and like you have to see that. Of course, she would maybe second guess some of her decisions after being so convinced that she could turn Ben and then have everything that happened happen. <laughs> yeah, she yeah, was very convinced of that. <laughs> and like, even though, like at the end of TLJ, she very purposefully like closes the door on him like she's gonna dwell on it what else yeah. can you do when you're stuck in a ship for forever but i well yeah. it's also hard for her i imagine because during the force awakens like people are just good like people are yeah. good to her uh like han like helps her even though he doesn't want like he's like no i'm not going to do anything but then he does help her and then he confronts ben and like finn from the start is like a first order like dropout basically mm-hmm. dropout's not the word i want but defector there we go um who almost <laughs> like turns and runs but he comes back for her in the end when like she really needs it so she's mm-hmm. used to people actually coming back for her and helping and like being good deep down and that's why she's probably so sure that ben is good deep down and so to yeah. have that like deep belief shattered in her probably doesn't help her believe like all of her decisions have been good but it yeah yeah because especially if you've read like um before the awakening and you read ray's story in that like the one time where she could put faith in someone they betrayed her and then you know a few people don't do that to her and she starts thinking that like okay like maybe this is how it's supposed to be and then the whole kylo thing happens Mm -hmm. but weirdly at the same time she seems to have, like, a lot of doubt in herself, but she definitely believes in the people around her the most out of everyone there. Mm-hmm. She's the one that yeah. has the unwavering hope. Yeah. Which I really like. Yeah. I do really... I love... Like, Ray is just a beacon of hope, and I love it. Yeah, it's... And I think that was where I was a little surprised by her characterization in this book, because I, I think I saw her not being that beacon of hope as much, because she was more grappling with, like, oh, wow, sometimes bad things happen. Yeah, I mean, and she was really hardly in this book. It's true, it's um, true. Well, well, when you think about it, it's like Ray is a really 
deep down very optimistic character. Like even from the beginning of The Force Awakens, she tells BB-8, she's like, my parents are going to be back someday. In The Last mm -hmm. Jedi, she's like, Luke is going to help me defeat the First Order. Ben is going to turn all of these things. So it, may it made sense to me that she was like, this is going to work out because it has to. You know, because yeah. we're the good guys <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And now we're I mean, seeing her. She basically her... grew up on those stories. Yeah. Now we're maybe seeing her grapple with reality a little bit. I mean, oh, that boy. That disillusionment that we all know and understand so well <laughs> as what, adult she's humans. Like, she's still like 19, isn't she? Like, damn. Yeah. 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 <laughs> she's got a ways to go. Um, she did get a couple of lighthearted moments. One was when she got into an argument, or like Leia walked in on her and Chewie and needed them having an argument where they should go to refuel, and I just thought that was a funny image. Um, and the other is when they're landing on Ryloth and she has to like come up with a lie on the spot, and she comes up with that her name is Pilot Ray of the Han system. Oh, Ray. <laughs> Ray. And Leia just like kind of rolls her eyes. <laughs> She's just like, it's a very Bodhi Rook thing to do. Yeah. Right. But it, it also had one. it also had very big Han energy was my main takeaway from that. It had yeah, very similar totally. energy to everything's fine. How are you? Situation normal. <laughs> situation normal. How are you? I, I love think that. situation normal is my favorite part of that. <laughs> and I think that I think that is an example of one of the things that I really love about the sequel trilogy trio, which mm -hmm. as we all know is indisputably Ray Finn and Poe, but it would be very easy for them to have like made each one of them like a spiritual successor to one of the original trilogy. But instead, like all three of those characters have some elements of all three of the original trio. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so Ray's got like a little bit of Han, a little bit of Leia, a little bit of Luke, as do the other two. And they've all got a little bit of Obi Wan, a little bit of Anakin, a little bit of Padme in them. Yeah, they it's, do, it's yeah. all in there. Um, going back to your first moment, Danny. I would have loved that scene, like, seeing it in live action, because thinking of, like, Ray and Chewie and Nia Num all speaking in their, like, native language. Yeah. And, and then Leia comes in and is just like, oh, boy, I did not want to <laughs> be part of this. And just, like, that would be... back oh. out a little bit. <laughs> That's some good inherent Star Wars comedy right there. Right! Like, it's so funny because leo could just be like i had enough of this in the senate and just like back out <laughs> <laughs> oh that's good someone make that web comic yeah excellent there we go um so ray yeah ray really isn't in this much towards the end of the book she comes to leia and says that she has a bad feeling about this um but she's not really sure what the bad feeling is about and so it's just kind of again clues that she's still figuring out how the force works and premonitions and all that um but at the end of the day the end of ray's arc in this book is that uh she feels good about leia's metaphor about filling the ocean one drop at a time mm -hmm. so ray is feeling a little bit hopeful at the end of this i suppose i wonder if akbar told her that one probably oh, it absolutely. sounds like it originally came from akbar that's yeah. an Akbar thing to say. It's very right. Akbar thing. <laughs> really, Akbar just really needed you to get him a bucket of water. He was trying out. And Leia's <laughs> like, oh, what a good metaphor for hope no. and optimism. It's and Akbar's like, damn it, I'm so thirsty. It's, it's, it's like, like that please I, water me. It's like that one episode of Parks and Rec where Chris gets Chris is hanging out with Ron and takes everything that Ron says as a metaphor for parenting. Oh my god. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so a couple of quick hits of, of characters that had very small roles in this. Unfortunately, we did not see much of Rose either. Um, but what we did see is pretty cool because Leia now knows who Rose is. So that's like, that just goes to show that her adventures in The Last Jedi weren't for nothing, I guess. Um, and Leia has a lot of adjectives to describe Rose. This, this is like one sentence. There's like 10 adjectives in it. She's impulsive, competent, genuine, caring, someone who wears her heart on her sleeve, young, emotionally vulnerable, but infinitely likable. And then the piece de resistance, she reminds me of Luke. Ugh. Big dummy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she is very big, like, a new hope, Luke energy, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so Rose is, when Leia's having her Rin Riven die uh, revelation, uh, Rose is very fascinated by this, and Leia makes a mental note to send Rose a copy of her memoirs when everything oh calms my God. down. <laughs> okay, the oh memoirs, my... the memoirs are from Moving Target. Yes. Yeah. When mm-hmm. which Peasy is writing her memoirs that she is telling Peasy about. And <laughs> oh no, I hope Peasy in. saved a copy before she died. And Peasy has to come in and remind Leia to like constantly bugs Leia being like, hey, we need to get your memoir. And Leia's like, leave me alone, please. I just want to sleep. <laughs> no. I'd forgotten about that. I have never forgotten about that. <laughs> <laughs> I have never forgotten. Because that's the first time we like saw PZ in canon. Well, knew about PZ. And I was like, this droid sounds weird as hell. And I love it. And then it turned up in Force Awakens. And I was like, hell yeah. Um, I think the most, if anyone wants to make the most SAF creative project in the history of the universe, it's to create these Leia memoirs, but do it as an audio drama narrated by PZ. Oh my God. I want to do that now. Oh there, there you go. <laughs> Seth, don't. <laughs> I don't have time for that, but I want to. Yeah. We'll just put it on the list. Yeah, put, put it on, on the, the list. list. Um, we'll do it after we do the, the Lyra zine. Yeah. Um, Rose's only other moment in this book is that at one point when they're eating with the Ryloth uh, folks, Rose reminds Finn to chew when they're nomming on snacks because I guess Finn was just like inhaling the food. So thanks I mean, for keeping us polite. Yeah. <laughs> um conics is kind of around in the background of this uh one important note is that leia is not mad just disappointed in lieutenant conics because conics did support poe's mutiny and she should have known better jeez leia. imagine leia organa being disappointed in you Oof. yeah imagine that leia organa never participated in any mutinies right <laughs> <laughs> double standard oh <sighs> Yeah, I uh, I'm ready for some big Billy Lord Carrie Fisher feels in this last movie. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, General Reekin is here, I guess. Ugh. Who I guess <laughs> General Reekin is is a guy he's from old. He's the dude he's from Hoth, right? He's the dude yeah. in Empire Strikes Back who's hanging out with Leia until she evacuates with Han. And like, he have white hair. You know, and he t- and no, he talks he's... to Han. He talks to Han Solo, and he's like, "You're when Han Solo says he's gonna leave, and he's like, you're a good man, Han Solo.'" Seth like, has never seen that I don't know why I'm one. asking questions about this as if I've seen the movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Seth, you're that. That. Seth, Seth, you are literally thinking of General Dodonna from <laughs> yeah. Gavin 4. <laughs> like, I am. I and know. I'm sitting here like, oh, you're not the one part of Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> you're thinking about Jan from A New Hope. Jan. <laughs> so anyway, Rekin is there. He doesn't really do anything except give us an OT callback. Also, someone from the Battle of Endor called Ori Marco 
Who is this? Is this a new character she created, or is this a, like a random background from the movie too? I think this I is no new. Idea. Okay, great. So we've got some old folks there. They're they're there. <laughs> oh no! Um, Ori Marco first appeared in Star Wars Episode VI: Return of the Jedi, played by Colin Hunt. Who did? Ori Marco. Oh. oh. Okay. I just googled it. He's a male Dracelian. He served the Alliance the Republic in Return of the Jedi. Galactic no, Civil War. Mm. Wait, what'd you say about the Jedi? I didn't realize there was a Dracelian in Return of the Jedi. Oh, that yeah. guy, he's got a little eye patch. Oh, he's so happy. Yeah, apparently he used to be, he was called Pruneface until Pablo actually gave him a name. Oh, Pruneface! <laughs> yeah, he's Pruneface. Oh, Prune, okay. Wow, he must be extremely pruney by the time of this book then. Oh, very pruney. I know, oh, damn. Damn, Pruneface. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. All right, so moving on to Black Squadron, who actually plays a pretty big role in this book. So Black Squadron are the members of Poe's X-Wing Squadron, um, and that includes Snap Wexley and Kare, who we'll talk about next week. But it also includes Sarah Linda and Jess Pava. So I'm pretty sure Sarah Linda didn't come along until after we gave up on the Poe Dameron comic. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Sarah Linda hey, is a I, Squamaten... I read enough to see her because she was cool. Yeah, she was like a undercover journalist... Um, who infiltrated the resistance and then joined up with them? Um, but she's a squamaten, which means she has lizard tongue. And then yeah, we all the know wonderful Jess Pava. So when we when we first check in on Black Squadron, Sarah Linda is doing some really really terrible karaoke. Um, squamatens are not known for their musicality, and the rest of Black Squadron uh, really struggles to get through this performance. Okay, so they that's leave. A blue lady who's so they leave. <laughs> Um, we learned that Sarah Linda and Jess Pava have a quote-unquote strained relationship, which is mm. probably because of all the banging they are keeping secret uh-huh. yeah. from everyone else. Yeah. Um, so basically, like, Black Squadron was out on a different mission during Last Jedi, so Poe briefs them on everything that happened, um, and they're all like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Because that's probably what anyone supporting the Resistance would be like after hearing about the events of The Last Jedi. Yeah. Um, we also learned that Jess Pava is apparently bad news for astromech droids because all the little astromech droids refer to her as the Great Destroyer. Oh, no. I love that. <laughs> because uh, astromech droids die when they go in her X-Wing with her, I guess. Oh, oh no! So that's okay. rough for Jess. <laughs> that's rough for Jess, but think about all the nice things that they say about Will. Because mm. all the droids love him. Oh, yeah. It's like <laughs> the antithesis him. of Will arc. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Jess and Sarah Linda kind of go off on their own mission to recruit, uh, I don't know how to say her name, Teza, Teza Naz, I'm going to go with. Yeah. Um, but in the course of doing so, they end up in a gladiatorial ring. Yep. It's, it's all kind of very, very abstract because it's just like this phone call that Poe gets at one point and Jess and Sarah Linda are like, yeah, we're in the middle of a fight. And Poe's like, okay. And they're like, no, like we're in a gladiatorial ring. And Poe's like, what are you people doing? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so he should not be I, surprised it's true so what I love about like this scene when they're talking to Poe in the calm and then like earlier with that scene with Leia walking in on Ray, Chewie and Nia Num fighting is that that's such physical humor 
mm-hmm. because right like with Poe on the phone with them like you can basically see the cut scenes of where you see like Poe waiting on the line and it switches in and out between Jess and Sir Linda like it's a classic visual gag but she wrote it in such a good way to where you could visualize it as you're reading it yes yeah I yeah. agree I would comment on that if I could but great Oh, because you haven't read the book. Okay. No, also because I have a Fantasia, Meg. <laughs> oh, also, yeah. Yeah, right. Also that. Um, so, Teza Naz, I didn't, we're not going to spend much time on her, but she's an old Imperial warlord who, like, ruffles a lot of feathers once they recruit her. Um, but I is also very sarcastic warlords. and divisive, so, and ultimately ends up being helpful. So, that's cool. She, she, she kind of turns out to be an MVP, honestly. Yeah. 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 Look, she's an old. She's a she's a lady who's an old warlord. Like, yeah, wears some furs. Like, it's good. That's my kind of thing. All right. So, if we had to pick a main character of this book, it would probably be Poe Dameron. Although it really is an ensemble book. Mm-hmm. His face um, is definitely that, the biggest on the cover. Yeah. So that <laughs> that alone is let's call it the main character. Although Ray is second biggest on the cover, and she's definitely not the second main character. So <laughs> who knows. Um, but I think I'm probably not alone in saying that, uh, Poe's arc in The Last Jedi, not my favorite, and particularly the optics of that were not great. Mm -hmm. Um, and I thought it was really, really impressive how Rebecca Roanhorse took that and, like, continued that story and made it a lot more palatable, at least from my perspective, and I wonder if the rest of you agree with that or what you thought. Yeah, I definitely agree. I yes. This made me like Poe more <laughs> because it's not like I disliked him after the Last Jedi. He just definitely wasn't my favorite character. Sure, uh, but this made me like actually when you can kind of get in his head and see why he did what he did, and the fact that he regrets it so much, it makes him a lot more palatable to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never been like a huge fan. Of, like, I don't Poe for me is like. The hard soul of the original trilogy for me. Like, he's cool. I, I see why people like him, but I just don't really have strong feelings about him. Um, uh, but I'm sure this book will make me like him more. <laughs> <laughs> nice save. Yeah. Um, I really like Poe in this. I think the strength of Poe really lies in his interacting with his peers. And you see, you get to have so much of that, both with Black Squadron and with Finn and with Rey. Um, And -hmm. even his acknowledgement of Rose. um, I think you see the best that Poe Dameron has to offer in this book. Yeah, and you get why people would want to follow him, too. Because he naturally kind of gravitates towards that leadership role. And in this book, you kind of see why he is the one that's... That he's the best man for the job, you know? Yeah. And you can trust him now that you can see his inner dialogue and see how hard he's trying and how hard he's trying to be the leader that Leia knows he can be. Yeah. Yeah. So so I think one of the reasons that I like Poe's depiction of this book is because in any other author's hands, this character would be the um, kind of manly fly boy like impulsive you know the, the character that we know and we wouldn't spend much time with Poe's emotions but like Poe Dameron is having a lot of emotions and we really dive into that and like Ronorse isn't afraid to show him experiencing feelings which is great yeah. so some of the things Poe is feeling Poe is feeling anger 
at all the planetary systems that are just bowing to the first order instead of standing up for themselves. Um, this is like, it's like really getting to the point where Poe is just like, wants to like stand outside and scream at the heavens. Cause he just doesn't understand why the galaxy is doing this. And honestly, that's it's really relatable in 2019 mood. America. <laughs> big mood. Not even America, just generally the world. Yeah, like, the world. Whew. You're right. Um, Poe is feeling frustration at the fact that his ragtag squadron barely seems to be able to keep it together. A la, uh, Sarah Linda <sighs> singing karaoke. And everyone else just, like, being out. They're just oh, ending boy. up in a fucking gladiatorial ring. Yeah. <laughs> There's also, like, 12 people in the Resistance at this point. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, what, why Why are there not more of us? Um, but the oh, biggest wait, em- it's my fault. <laughs> right. <laughs> which leads to the biggest emotion that Poe is feeling, which is shame. And he's feeling shame about the fact that he led the mutiny against Admiral Holdo and shame that he wasn't listening to Leia's orders and that all those things led to basically a huge number of the resistance getting wiped out. To be fair, to become like an actual like good leader, you do need to have a big misstep to actually understand like your responsibilities. That's that's the whole point of the first two Star Trek reboot movies. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, exactly. And there we go. <laughs> Did not expect that to be what came out of your mouth. Well, it's true, though. You are like, right. It's true. Kirk's all flying high. I'm the greatest captain ever. And then, like, a bunch of his people die and he loses his ship. And he's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. 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 As if Leia hasn't, like, accidentally got a bunch of people killed. Uh, right she did that when she was like 13 yeah yeah she did that very early on like like during her princess trials so she (laughs) you know whatever uh so amidst all of poe's emotions we do get this wonderful scene where poe goes to visit maz kanata and they go to the spa together (laughs) (laughs) poe does not like the spa poe feels extremely uncomfortable at the spa <laughs> Poe just enjoy and the spa. Have some. It just makes him more frustrated because he's he's using this as an opportunity to try to recruit Maz, and Maz is just like, mm, no. And Poe's like, Maz there's literally twelve of us left, and Maz is like, mm, no. Maz is like, I'm gonna stay here. I'm gonna get these tiny fish to eat the calluses off my feet. And <laughs> that's what's gonna happen this afternoon. I'm gonna exfoliate for a few more days. It's right. fine. They're wrapping you're, you're me in fine. seaweed, putting me in a mud bath. Like, I got plans, Dameron. Maz understands. Maz understands the importance of looking after yourself and actually getting rest. It's true. But also, Maz is Poe knows nothing about that. Maz is, is also a pirate who's just going to do her own thing. Like, come on. Yeah. Maz does give Poe a little bit of a lesson about self forgiveness, um, even if it is wrapped up in a very convoluted story and in the midst <laughs> of Maz refusing to join the resistance. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Moss. <laughs> you know, eventually I know that this is all probably narratively going to come back and Moss is going to do something very cool in the Rise of Skywalker, like call in that fleet we see in the trailer or something. Right. But. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. But right now I'm mad. Yeah, but, yeah, exactly. It's like right now it's like neutrality is not a position you can really take right now, Moss. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but Moss is busy looking into people's eyes, Ash. <laughs> Oh, hey, Switzerland, get out of here. <laughs> Maz, Maz, Switz, Maz, Switzerland. 
Swiss Canada. Swiss Mosland. Swiss Mosland. Switzer Mos. I don't know. Uh, so anyways, once they all, all the recruits, all the new recruits get back together on Ryloth, um, some of them do actually publicly call Poe out because Poe is still like taking the leadership role and they're like, what the heck? Why should we listen to you? You literally led a mutiny yesterday. (sighs) And Poe has to like reckon with that publicly and makes this really beautiful inspirational speech. And afterwards, everyone's like chanting his name and putting him up on their shoulders. This is my favorite part of the book, by the way. Not, it was a really, it was really good. It, had it was good. Nothing to do with Poe, though. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that <laughs> next week. Um, so, really, Poe's arc in this book is just that we see that Poe is is now one hundred percent Leia's number one man. Because um, despite like their conflict in the movie, um, Leia is now like consulting him, and she's including him in high level conversation and decision making. And we just see that like. She's always really interested in respecting his opinion and thoughts on on their decisions. Yeah, and he's he's doing his part of that as well, of being more thoughtful, trying to see the bigger picture, trying to be more strategic, mm-hmm. um, and like not being so hot headed when it comes to the the safety of everybody. So Poe internalizes all these great lessons. He learns about leadership, and at the end of the book, he says, "All right, resistance, we are all going to." Uh, scatter to different planetary <laughs> systems. And Great. I guess we'll meet up again when it comes time for the next movie. Great! Okay, okay. Great. anyone, anyone, anyone who plays video games with a, t- with a party, a party of people in a video game, knows to scatter the team, so if the enemy strikes, like, one big swoop at you, you don't get, like, a team kill, right? Like, if they're all scattered until the right time, it means that, like, the First Order can't just take them out with one hit. Oh, they do literally this- what the First Order did before. They do this in in uh, anime a lot, especially like harems or reverse harem animes, where you got to go and find all the members um, who are going to definitely be in love with you. Yeah, exactly like that. Yeah, like that. Okay, so it sounds like what we're saying is that Poe plays video games and watches anime. Yeah. Absolutely he does. That Have all checks him? out. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, how are you going to get with John Boyega if you don't play video games and watch anime? Speaking of, (laughs) our final character for tonight is Finn, who also all said doesn't have a huge role in this book, but boy, do we get some juicy stuff to go with here. This is good Finn content. Good Finn content. So, So again, our first introduction to Finn is through Leia's eyes, and Leia still doesn't have a solid reading on Finn, um, but... She thinks he's cool because Poe has vouched for him, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and and one cool thing we do see about Finn is that he is, like, proudly talking about his Stormtrooper past. It's not something that he's just, like, kind of brushing to the side, but he's, like, he, he mentions it on multiple occasions that he used to be a Stormtrooper. And that's, like, a thing that he is kind of wearing with, with pride. Not the fact that he was a Stormtrooper, but just the fact that he, like, he's owning his past, I guess, is the way to say that. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't he's gotten over kind of like the shame of it and understands that like, this is what happened, but because I was this, this is how I can be especially useful to you. Yeah. They kind of, all of these characters in the book have that moment where Poe gives that speech where Mm -hmm. like Leia's like, I'm Darth Vader's daughter. And Zay Miko is like, my, my parents were 
Imperial Special Forces, and everybody kind of has this moment where they're like, yeah, we've all done some terrible things or have been connected to terrible things, and it's time to move past that because we got bigger things to do right now. So I think and Rose is like, I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die, and everyone is like... <laughs> And then there's just, like, this long, awkward silence. Everyone has to, like, re rethink their stance on Rose and, like, how scary she is. <laughs> yeah. And then Connix I- is like, yeah, well, I spread a vicious rumor online about someone two weeks ago. <laughs> that was you? Ray, Damn Ray bit Hux. Ray is a... Er, not Ray. Rose bit Hux. Rose, Rose is a badass. That's true. Yeah, Rose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Rose is... And Ray's just there like, oh my god. Who are these people? <laughs> Ray's Ray like, never I, done I made bad in life ever. And Finn is like, this is what we look like. <laughs> Listen, still the best Finn line. It is. Um, so really the big the big thing going on with Finn in this book is that Finn is currently dealing with the fact that he has three best friends. Ugh. And his three best friends only kind of sort of know each other. This so is really hard. So it's still kind of awkward. Yeah, he's in a tough spot. Which leads us to our dramatic reading. If you will all turn, please, to chapter I mean, I've 20. been there before. I've done that. It's difficult. Yeah, it's hard to, like, introduce your, like, best friends from different areas to each other because you're like, what if they all hate each other? Right, and especially if you became best friends with them over really particular interests. Mm-hmm. Like, I had my, like, anime con best friends, but they were different from, like, my school best friends. And I'm like, oh, but, like, I can have anime con best friends because no one at my school wants to talk to me about anime. <laughs> Yeah, it's like I have my Star Wars best friends because my other best friends will not talk to me about Star Wars. Exactly. <laughs> All right, where are we starting? Um, so if any of you have read Spark of the Resistance, it is a um, middle grade novel that also takes place around this time, and it stars Poe and Rose and Ray. And it's unspoken, and I've said this online many times, but I maintain that like the whole premise of that book is Finn actually opted out of the mission because he wanted his three best friends to like have that bonding without him there. And yes. I think it's pretty successful. They are pretty close by the end of that book. Yeah. And also, Finn was like, I'll go hang out with Dad, a.k.a. Chewie. <laughs> All right. We're... So everyone knows the role they're playing here. Yeah. Yep. All right. Poe found Finn sitting on his bunk in the Millennium Falcon deep in conversation with Ray. Their heads centimeters from each other, knees touching side by side. Ray was speaking in a hurried whisper, shoulders tense, her whole demeanor focused. Poe was torn between not wanting to interrupt and being tempted to listen in. Not that he wanted to eavesdrop, he just felt at a disadvantage around Ray. He still didn't know her well, and she clearly meant a lot to Finn, and Finn meant a lot to him. Wink wonk. So Ray mattered. But she was private, cagey almost, and so far she had not been willing to open up to him. Spying seemed like a logical solution. How else was he going to get to know her? Even so, he wasn't that much of a jerk. He cleared his throat loudly. Sorry to interrupt. The two jumped apart. Ray's ever-present staff had been resting against the bed, and her sudden movement sent it careening toward the metal floor. She reached for it before it could hit, reflexes lightning fast. Poe whistled low in appreciation. She flushed, embarrassed. I should go. She said, (laughs) as she stood, staff in hand. Ray! Finn started but she was already pressing past Poe, who moved out of her way with a murmured apology. She was gone before Finn could finish his plea. Sorry. I wouldn't have interrupted if it wasn't important. Finn leaned forward, resting his arms across his knees. He looked distracted, worried. Whatever they had been talking about, it had been serious. If you need to go finish that conversation... No. 
Finn gave a little shake of his head as if clearing it. It's fine. Ray will work it out on her own. She's smart like that. I have no doubts. Poe hesitated before he asked. So the two of you aren't... Finn looked puzzled at first, but then his expression shifted to amusement. No, nothing like that. Just friends. And Rose? Oh. Finn shook his head no. We talked about it, and Crate was... a moment. But that's it. Friends there, too. Poe laughed. I, I can't keep up with your just friends, man. Finn flushed, rubbing self-consciously at his neck. I know. It's been a lot. But never mind all that. I know you didn't come to talk about my love life, or lack of one. So what is it that couldn't wait? You heard that Leia wants me to go get that political prisoner's list. The auction in Coronet City? That well, we'll stop there. Great. But what about the auction to... in Coronet City? <laughs> it goes fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. Okay, so there's an auction in Coronet City, and they have um, to go to a fancy party to get there, which brings us to chapter 22 oh. for part two of the dramatic reading. Oh, oh great. Oh. Yes. Poe spared one last glance in the mirror, and then he went in search of Finn. It didn't take him long to find him. All he had to do was follow the sound of ranting. Poe couldn't remember ever hearing Finn curse, but a string of unflattering adjectives flowed at high volume from behind the closed door of the sleeping chamber on the ship. Poe paused to listen. He wasn't even sure Finn was speaking basic. He knocked, and the ranting cut off abruptly. Finn? He called. Everything okay in there? His answer was a growl of frustration and the distinct sound of something breaking against the wall. That didn't sound good. Finn? He called again. Open up, man. I'm fine. Finn said, his voice the low, flat sound of defeat. Let me in. Maybe I can help. I said I was fine. You don't sound fine. No answer, and Poe tried another tactic. We're entering Carillion orbital space, uh, settling, setting down any minute now. You're going to have to come out sooner than later, so... Another moment of silence. Just when Poe was contemplating forcing his way in, the door slid open. Finn stood in the doorway with one hand braced against the side jam. He had the silver suit on, which ended up being a bit closer to white than it had looked in the plastic garment bag. It fit him well, smooth across the shoulders and the pants, tapering tight to the ankles. You look great, Poe said. Finn made a face. What? He waved Poe in. He entered hesitantly, unsure what he'd find. Besides an overturned table, all looked to be in order. Here. Finn said, thrusting something toward Poe. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> Poe took it. It was a long strip of silver silk fabric. It had a subtle sheen, expensive and understated. Your tie? Poe asked. Finn nodded, widening his eyes in exasperation, and Poe understood the problem. He motioned the younger man over and took the tie from his hands. He looped the silver silk around Finn's neck under the collar, letting the long tapering ends trail down either side of the line of cloth-covered buttons. There are different ways. Poe explained as he crossed the thicker side over the thinner one and brought it up through at the collar. But this is the one my dad taught me. It's my favorite. Whoa! <laughs> He let, he let the thick side fall forward, then brought it around the other side and back through at the collar. 
once more over and through, and then he tucked the end through the knot he had made at the base of Finn's throat. He pulled the end tight and adjusted it until the two tails were almost even, leaving the thin side a bit shorter. Finn held up a silver penny at retrieved from his pocket. Poe took it, turning it over in his palm. It was an alliance starboard, the symbol of the rebellion, and now the resistance. Where did you get this? Poe asked. I found it. On Crate. I, I didn't tell anyone because it didn't seem right to keep it, and maybe I didn't deserve it, but I'd like to wear it tonight. We'll likely be mixing with the First Order. Do you really think that's wise? Finn looked up, fire in his eyes. I don't care if it's... I don't think I care if it's wise. It means something to me, besides. He said, lifting his chin. Cade Genty's not afraid of a few stormtroopers. Poe grimaced. It wasn't just unwise, it was foolish. It might draw the wrong attention. But he understood. He fastened the pin over his tie, holding the fabric in place. He smoothed the tie one last time before turning Finn around so he could see himself in the mirror. The younger man's eyes were wary at first, but soon went soft with wonder. They don't teach you how to tie a tie in Stormtrooper training, Finn said quietly. Poe didn't say anything, just pressed a reassuring hand against Finn's shoulder until the younger man gave him a half-smile. Listen! <laughs> Jenny, the way you read that uh, sounded like you were reading fairy porn, so... That was the intent. <laughs> fairy Listen. porn! Uh, and now we have time for Meg's uh, commentary on what we just read. Listen. This is so romantic. I cannot even... <laughs> handle it one kudos to people not completely spoiling this book online because i didn't start until it was already out like for a few days two kudos to me for glancing over anything about this book because i had no idea that this scene happened but this scene is exactly my shit um oh my god i love it except oh that is extremely your shit yeah yeah except the really in-detail tying of Finn's tie made me think of Captain Holt from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, where he's miming how to do a single wins or not, which, <laughs> oh is, God, the, yeah. which is the tie knot that even a child could do. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> now, oh, what a good scene. 100% ruins the mood, but you don't, like reach out and smooth someone's tie and leave your hand on their chest smoothing it out if you're not like trying to flirt with them or maybe you don't love them extremely deeply maybe you don't maybe i just go around smoothing ties on everybody that's real <laughs> Honestly, weird and i my suggest friend... you don't do that if my friend's tie is wrinkled i will smooth it for them i'm just saying that's what a good friend does if you don't but do that meg it... Ta- Why not? I don't do in that. Like, I don't. In like film language, that is a very romantic. That's that can't be anything other than a romantic gesture. It's so romantic. It's so romantic. Also, I don't know how to tie a tie, so I'm with you, Finn. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think I have a totally different perspective on this because I, in my choir in high school, we had to wear ties, and my friend constantly had to fix my tie for me. Was it maybe a secret girlfriend? Oh god, I wish. You never know. You never know until several years later. Yeah. That is how it goes. That is how it goes. 
All right, so Finn and Poe go to the fancy party. They get the list. It all ends great. Hold on, hold on. We need to talk about this fancy party. Okay, go ahead, Meg. (laughs) Okay, do they have fancy food at this fancy party? I need to know. Seth, let me talk about this fancy party. This fancy party is the 50th birthday of my new idol, Nefera Shu, who is described as being tall and broad and have dark skin and at her party which was deeply ocean themed she was wearing a dress made entirely of shells that was fitted to her that was fitted to her body until her knees and then there was a cascade of shells behind her to the floor in the shape of a fish tail and then Meg, she is wore, this just you yeah then she wore a live eel around her neck Meg, this is just you it's all I want. And then her rich, stupid husband was wearing beautiful robes, but the belt was made out of multiple strings of shark teeth. And this is all I've ever wanted. Star Wars finally made a cosplay that I actually want to do. And I am this party beautiful, had so much seafood, seafood from everywhere. Finn went to oh, the buffet. Seafood. Finn went to the buffet multiple times. Um, tried a little bit of everything, including a cake that had worms in it. Um, which that Poe's, sounds very French. Right, which like Poe seemed like too much of a coward to try. But Finn was like, it tastes good, you should eat it. And there were cocktails that tasted like not flavors, but feelings. Like it tastes like the sun drying on your skin after you come out of the ocean. And like various things like that. <laughs> And then there's a waterfall that was just alcoholic beverage coming from the wall that was beautiful. Oh my god. And, and everything was lit like it was waves beneath the sea and like soothing shore sounds through the whole thing. And it was, Seth, it was everything. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I want to go ev- to this party. It's everything I've ever wanted. And god damn it, I'm going to live long enough to have a party like this. <laughs> You better, because I need those cocktails and that food. Yeah, and I'm going to have a shell dress with an eel around my neck, and it's going to be amazing. Okay, you may may continue. Come back next week to find out who else made an amazing appearance in Resistance Reborn. (laughs) Great. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, so the listener question this week was, what minuscule edit do you hope to see in the McClunky editions of Star Wars? And we all have to answer this because we didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so I want to see, I just want Dubak to to be in the background of every single scene of every single movie. <laughs> just like random Dubaks just like strolling around. I don't care what scene it is, I want Dubaks in the backgrounds of all of them. <laughs> I love it. I want Leia's white dress to be just ever so slightly pink. As if she accidentally <laughs> washed it with some red laundry. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, I want Akbar to have his eight tentacles out and free rather than having to shove them inside of the pants to make him seem more human. Ooh, that's good. <laughs> I want a guy who vaguely looks like Dash Rendar. Like, it's not confirmed that it's Dash Rendar in the background of the cantina scene, but he looks enough like Dash Rendar that nerds on the internet get mad about it. 
That's cool. Oh, that's, that's exactly what a McClunky edition needs. <laughs> Dash Rendar. <laughs> or maybe not Dash Rendar. <laughs> not added to the Vizdic. Like, there's no there's no mention. What about Baby Ash Rendar? <laughs> is that like Baby Yoda? <laughs> Did you say yeah, baby, baby Ash, Ash Rendar? Rendar? Oh my god. They totally did. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, dinner said. Oh, wait a minute. Dash Rendar. <laughs> I just I just realized it. <laughs> you just realized. <laughs> oh god. That was some great I was like, typing. do they want me to be in the McClunky edition? <laughs> I mean, yes, obviously. <laughs> yeah, if we could all be in the McClunky editions, that would be great. Ash is there, like, with the cantina band. Yeah. In the background. <laughs> Everything's yeah, with the your same, electric except, guitar. <laughs> except there's a Rogue Podrid member in the background. I'm the only non-Biff member figuring Dan in the modal nodes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even wearing, like, a Star Wars costume. I'm just wearing a t-shirt and a ball cap. <laughs> yeah. The normal. Yeah, that's how it should be. That's, that's <laughs> in a clunky edition for you. <laughs> um... Dinner leader said in the McClunky version of The Last Jedi, I really hope all the blaster sounds are replaced with Laura Dern saying pew, as was the creator's original intent. Yes. The creator. Um, ben Warman said, my change to the McClunky edition of the movies would be to make Boba Fett's cameo in A New Hope even more gratuitous. He gives a big thumbs up to the camera for a full five seconds before walking <laughs> off screen. I love it. <laughs> oh, that's so good. And then I think Odie replied, then he dabs. <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> oh my god it's so good you could totally see it too right i can see it yeah. and i hate it um hassan said i want vader's dialogue in empire strikes back to be alert oh god i don't know what that acronym stands for alert star destroyer yeah there we go alert my star destroyer to prepare for my arrival to change back to bring my shuttle that's a serious one that's yeah. like <laughs> hassan always hassan. brings the serious answers yeah yeah hassan's good at that Hassan knows too much, and it scares me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Odie said, Tycho recanonized in Return of the Jedi. Minuscule. Debatable, but Heath ain't on air to argue it. <laughs> oh, this is the best time to put things in that Heath can't argue with, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Jason said, a whole, a whole field of moisture farm apparatus, because a single apparatus does not a farm make. Also, extend cut... Extended cut of Sly Sudal singing that song. That's the most Jason answer, I think. <laughs> what about yeah? Like how extended are we talking about? Like extended, like, like extended. thirty-seven like, minutes. Yeah, I was about to say it's like oh, twenty-five god. minutes of Sly Sudal. Oh my god, that's so much. <laughs> um, and Abby said Kyle Ron isn't there. <laughs> Abby, Abby, it's small. <laughs> Abby, it's really small. <laughs> <laughs> Most people probably wouldn't even notice. <laughs> and then Abby also said, wait, I changed my mind. Ray and Rose make out at the end of TLJ because Rose wakes up because she feels the lesbian energy radiating from Red Ray. Tiny changes no one will notice. I mean, yeah, no, I'm here, for, I'm here with Abby on that. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. Uh, Mike said I, Luke... I'm, oh, sorry, Danny. I was just saying I'm pretty sure that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, that seems like a serious change as well. So yeah. Abby and Hassan being real serious about this. Yeah. <laughs> Equally serious, you might say. <laughs> Mike said Luke introduces Wicket to Wedge and tells him Yub Yub Commander. Oh, okay. I like that. 
Do you know that, f- like, friend of the podcast, Benjamin Urso, his Wi-Fi password is Yub Yub Commander? <laughs> oh my god. Now we can all steal internet from hey, him. Hey, everyone, go hack Ben Urso. <laughs> <laughs> we, I won't say where he lives, but can, that's a good that. that's a good password. He's told that story on Skyhoppers before, so I'm probably good. Um <laughs> <laughs> the public knowledge already. It'll be on your Skyhoppers Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Dio said all the stormtroopers bump their head on the doorway. <laughs> Oh, yes. just like one after the other oh, that is my favorite thing to point out to people my favorite thing is that they did it in the prequels they had Django Fett bump his head and Rex bumps his head in the Clone Wars like it's a genetic yes. trait oh my <laughs> it's my that they're just thing. a little bit it. too tall <laughs> um, and Ian said not a gag answer but I've always wanted to see some actual damage CGI'd onto Wedge- Wedge's X-Wing at the Battle of Yavin to justify his not being able to do any more good back there Okay, oh, yeah. you can't you can't say that's not a gag answer, but then still take the time to type out not be able to <laughs> do any good more back good there. Back there. <laughs> <laughs> not on Rogue Podgerin, at least. <laughs> Brian said an end credit scene in Return of the Jedi that strongly implies all of it was a dream. Oh my god! I oh my it's... god! Like they spin a spin a top, a spinning top. Oh my god! Like in a it's a, it zooms out from a snow globe. Oh my god! <laughs> um, eleven thirty-eight just wrote more hashtag Wilburhood. Yes, running it was an ice cream an machine in every scene. <laughs> just in the background, so good, yeah. amazing. <laughs> Yubsy said all cantina aliens have been shifted six inches to the left. <laughs> what? Oh my gosh. You, it would all the nerds would be so mad. <laughs> all of them, six inches to the left. Saf, did oh you just divs that one for your glistening body? I think she. I did. did. Yeah, that's Hang my on. glistening body right there. I'm gonna there. divs that one for my glistening body. <laughs> no, it's too late, Danny. I already dibs it. <laughs> too late. Uh, well, I said C3PO winks. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm pretty sure C3PO does wink in The Last Jedi. This is this is the OT McClunky version. Okay, fair. Yeah. Uh, Paul said Zuvio in, is in every crowd scene. Of course. Yeah. Of course. I'm I sure mean, Zuvio is already I think he already guy. is. <laughs> we didn't even talk about Zuvio on Padre Lorian. Wow. We've, oh, wow. we've already forgotten. Oh, Heath. my God. Yeah. I, like, yeah. literally paused that to point it out to my friends. I was like, look at Zuvio. <laughs> we are. forgot to talk about it. <laughs> it's because Heath wasn't there. This is what happens when Heath isn't here. It's true. We don't talk about Zuvio. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Suarez said, it will take place, dot, 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 under the sea. <laughs> Which. Suarez. Uh. Okay. Swara. I, Swara. I think Swara understands the concept of a minuscule change. Swara, I love you, but. <laughs> Swara. <laughs> and Greg said a reference to an even bigger fish in the Naboo Ocean scene. <laughs> yes. That's good. That's good. Forrest said R5D4's Force Spirit appears after the droid meets, it no- meets its noble end. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, my God. And Brian Nov said the Ewoks not only blink, but they also wink now. <laughs> they were absolutely <laughs> winking before. <laughs> they were just winking with both eyes. Yeah. 
Listen, they do things a little bit differently. <laughs> Big Saf energy. <laughs> that is how I wink. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, Brian J. Hawk said, Admiral, Admiral Akbar <laughs> replaced by baby Admiral Akbar. He'd be so cute. Oh my God. Oh <laughs> that is also good. Jay said, someone says sheep, but it's badly edited in and clearly someone else's voice, like TV censored curse words. <laughs> oh. oh my God. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We could literally make the edit ourselves. Like, because literally, we had the power. <laughs> X Wings and his Jay, you should do that. Oh my God. <laughs> X Wings and History said, McClunky edition of Return of the Jedi. Senator Jabell is present for the briefing aboard Home One, and Leia enters the scene by striding through the door and giving him a huge fucking wedgie before taking her seat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh, he so deserves it, too. Yeah, he, he does. He so though. deserves it. He really does. Um, hold on. I have. To, if we are going to edit, so someone says Sheev, I vote that Saf does it in her Hohas Eklish voice. <laughs> All right, if we do do that, I will. Re- if Great. any of our listeners says they're going to do it, I will specifically record a Hohas voice very badly on my phone for them. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, X Wings in History also said more serious answer change the opening crawl of Empire Strikes Back to clearly reflect that General Leic Organa is now in command of. Uh, in command of rebel base as the film repeatedly shows us luke i love you but you were barely leading rogue squadron oh that's true that's true that is true and heath said my mcclunky would be vader yelling no yek yek no come camp (laughs) (laughs) this is just heath's thing at the moment is just spelling things backwards yeah yeah. Oh, I didn't even realize. Yeah, that. I didn't get that either. <laughs> yeah, no. Actually. Earlier today, <laughs> Heath tweeted that Baby Yoda's name is Zuvio, but Zuvio written backwards. It literally took me an hour to figure out what the joke was there. Oh, I was like I don't get it. What's oh Oivas? Oh my god. Oizov. Yuck, no okay. Oivas. Oh my god. And then Mika said, Mama Clunky would be changing 3PO's arm into another color in every movie and having him say, you probably didn't recognize me because of the insert blue slash silver slash indigo arm at some point. I love it. I was really hoping someone would make this joke because I love it so much. (laughs) I really like it. Thank you, Mika. Okay, we already know my glistening body is Yubsy. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, shift those alien six inches to the left. It's so funny. It's so funny. I'm going to give mine to X-Wings in history. <laughs> Giving Chabelle a huge fucking wedgie. Mm, yeah. Fair. He definitely deserves that. Oh, there are so many good answers this week. Oh, this is a really good week for answers. Uh, I'm going to give mine to the team up of Ben Warman and Odie creating the image of Boba Fett, like, dancing and, and dabbing in the background of A New Hope. That's good. Um, I think I'll give mine to Forrest for R5D4's Force for Spirit appearing because it does deserve more recognition after we found out what it did in Fakpov. Yeah. Yeah. I say that like I've read Fakpov, but yeah, I agree. It's justice. A it deserves it. Justice for R5D4. I thought... Who... I thought you said fuck Pav for a minute, and I was like, what is that? <laughs> you know, fuck Pav. It's like the Vizdic, but it's the fuck pod. <laughs> Honestly, I am so glad we moved to my network so we could swear. Oh, God. I wasn't even swearing that time. 
Oh, smart. Mm-hmm. And uh, next week's question, or this week's question, I guess, would be, what else does Maz Kanata need to do before joining up with the Resistance? She has she's got a she's list. got a list. You know she's got a list. Oh yeah, she's got a list. I gotta do spy day, settle that union dispute. I've got things to do. You know. Yeah. What else? What are three other things on Maz Kanata's to do list? Yes, there you go. Three other things. Oh god, if it's three things, I need to think about that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was ready for one thing, but three things, I'm not ready. Nope, for. it's three things. Well, it's give us your one to kind of start the wheels turning for our listeners. Okay, my one is that she needs to wake up at six a.m. to go to morning. Uh, oh god, I forgot what it's called. Yoga. Yeah, no, there's a specific kind of yoga that I was going for there, but I forgot it. But she's got to go to yoga. Goat at yoga six, at six a.m. Yeah, there we go. Space goat yoga at 6 a.m. at the beach. That's what she's got to do. <laughs> oh, that's fair. That sounds great. It does sound really good, actually. It's one of them. I'll come up with two more later. Great. She, she... So things like that. Very important to Moss Kanata. Yeah, yeah. Important things. She's got to go hook up with that guy from Canto by Justin Thoreau's character. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> she does. Wasn't he an entourage? <laughs> he was, yeah. I think so. Mm. I thought you said Justin Trudeau, and I was like, <laughs> what? You know. Did I miss that cameo? Apparently you did, Danny. <laughs> he was in Canto Bite. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. They're all politicians. Listen. Oh, is he the one in blackface? He- oh, no. <laughs> Damn, I was trying so hard to not make that joke, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> Seth, take us home! (laughs) We're gonna get a one star review from Canadians next week, Danny. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I can't blame you because I was thinking of two. (laughs) Alright, listeners, hit us up on Twitter at Rogue Padron with your answers to this question. The three things on Mars to do's list. To do do list. Mars's name confuses me. Email us uh, at roguepadron at gmail.com. Our website is roguepadron.com. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash roguepadron where you can give us money and get access to our Discord server, which is great fun, and also other things. Our Discord server is where all the work is going towards our Wikipedia, apparently. <laughs> we have one now. <laughs> there are really good things, though, like um, a Meg cross-stitch, which is like yeah. the best thing ever. Yeah. Go get a Meg cross-stitch because it's, it's freaking worth it. As a proud subscribe to us. As a proud owner of a Meg cross-stitch, it's amazing. It actually is. My BB91 is like probably displayed so you see it right when you get into my room. Subscribe via the Rogue Podron feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, Google, and any of your other favorite podcatchers. Rate and review us on iTunes because we love it. We actually have reviews this week, which is very exciting. I'm sorry for guilt tripping you all the last couple weeks. (laughs) Um, These are screenshots on a phone, so I'm reading what I can see. Where I hid for some fun Star Wars D. Five stars from American <laughs> Devil. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so happy about where the. Where, the where you go for off. what? <laughs> fun Star Wars D. I'm keeping this short and sweet. I love this show. The hosts are fun and friendly, and it feels like I'm just sitting in on a conversation with some old friends. Keep up the great work! Two exclamation points. Thank we will. American Devil, you are sitting in on some fun conversations with old friends because we are your old friends. We are. We are now. It's happened. Yep. You kind of Welcome us. to the club. Sorry, you're friends now. Friends forever. That's how it works. You listen to us once and we are friends for the rest of your life. Yep. 
this show is bonkers and you should learn. <laughs> <laughs> this is from X-Wing. Uh, from TRB1783. Listen, there are far too many places where you can discuss Star Wars entirely too seriously. Instead, come here to get weird. From its beginning is a fairly earnest read of the X-Wing books. <laughs> it was. It was. It's true. It was. We, we tried it for was. a while there. We did. This group of friends morphs their conversation into an in-joke-laden romp through the weird heart of Star Wars fandom. Come learn about sexy set ex-imperial pilots, found families, and why B-Wings are like chickens. This is a story about <laughs> space wizards meant for children, so it only makes sense that we have as much fun with it as Rogue Quadrant does. Pash out! Pash out! That is honestly the best review of us, because it's so true. It's... But it also makes us sound really good. Yeah. Thank you. There, There is another five stars from Fitmatic. These guys and gals are the best. They worked well together. <laughs> they work well together. <laughs> the movie commentaries are Guys, really funny gals, and, and non-binary pals. Yes. Yeah, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Why is this the past tense? Are... <laughs> this makes me worried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that past tense scares me. <laughs> is this something we really don't the movie commentaries are very funny, and love for Star Wars always shine through in every episode. If oh. you want to listen to a Star Wars podcast that's different, they are the droids you're looking for. Also, Ash is the perfect replacement for Heath while he's on paternity leave. May the force be with you. Aw, shucks. Oh, Ash, you, you get to eat a star. <laughs> you get to eat a we star. We get to eat and a so many stars. Wait, yeah, we have 15 Three stars. and three quarter stars for all of us. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Finally. I'm going to be so full. I'm going to live great this week. Right. I feel like a snake, right? Yeah. You just get one big meal that you live off of for a little while. These these reviews genuinely just made my week. I'm so happy. Ugh, great. Thank you, listeners. Other listeners. Thank you so much. Please review us. It, it makes us feel very good. But also, it lets us know that you all actually, like, really love us, which is really nice. And that you listen to our show at least once. <laughs> yeah. We do like reminders that people actually listen to us. <laughs> It is helpful. It is. I'm, I'm going to be real with I you mean, for a second. The majority of our listener responses happen when we tweet out the question. And we did that experiment yeah. a while ago and we found out that like only half the people actually blocked. listen to the episode. But like, it's nice to get reminders other than listener responses because it's always unclear from the listener response whether you're actually listening or not. So, Yeah. And I we think... Do... Well, we would I... do this anyways, even if nobody listened to us. It's true. We do like reminders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think Dinner only texts me when he's listening to the episode and not I know. Else. Dinner, get us in on that group <laughs> chat, yo. Um, about the last episode, he was like, I thought things couldn't get more like, what the fuck is going on than your last episode? But then this one started. <laughs> like, oh. We always find a way to escalate Was that about somehow. the Padrelorian? Our hockey talk yeah. episode. Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> hockey talk. I feel like you probably took some offense to the accent. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ash, Ash oh, yeah. was here, so if there was offense to be taken, she should have called us out on it. You know, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, great. I <laughs> have look. I, my my other southern accent friend said it's okay. So <laughs> I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm the best like barometer for that because I had to work very hard to get rid of the southern accent. <laughs> <laughs> see it's oh, ingrained boy. in you though you have to work really hard to get rid of it twist um okay pass out pass out pass out okay pass so, out pass out, out wait next wait time. wait 
giving a quick shout out as as an outro. Uh, we do Cash have a Quadrilorean mini episode, which isn't actually that many, uh, because we're talking about. So if you want to hear our opinions on the Mandalorian, listen to that episode. <laughs> it's it's enough feed. Oh yeah, we have a separate show for the Mandalorian on Disney Plus TM. So, it's in the exact same feed. Our show you listened isn't on. to it. It was the last episode. <laughs> our show isn't on Mandalor uh, isn't on Disney Plus, but the Mandalorian is. Yeah. I wish our episode. What What if the Padrelorian was on Disney Plus? <laughs> <laughs> We'd be making I don't know, like five dollars a week or something. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> However the big much bucks. Disney pays. The big bucks. Yeah. Come on, Disney, cash out on us. But, like, right. seriously, if you're, like, between that Padrelorian and then last week and this week's episode, if you're still listening to us, like, that's impressive. Because this is the third, like, hour and a half plus episode in the last week that we've put out. So, like, good on you. People love us. Or, like, I'm sorry say? that you have nothing better to do. I don't know. A Danny, lot of people, people have listen... long commutes. Yeah. It's true. People listen to our Panera episode. If they're going to make it through that, they'll make it through anything. That's true. I feel like we're going to have to do something else soon because we've been using the Panera episode for a, as a bar, as a as a bar for a long time. Yeah. Look, that's, April's that's coming soon enough. Yes. True. True. true, true. Maybe we All should right. start off the new year by reading just like an absolutely off the wall crazy book. We will. We will. Sis zombies. I actually did read Death Trooper. Not that. No, that's, that's the, the wrong one, one. But that's still good. Yeah, it has Han and Chewie in it for some reason. <laughs> anyway, next time on Rogue Padron, Resistance Reborn Part Two, aka we gonna talk about Wedge. So for now, oh, this is Rogue Padron signing off. <laughs> Hash out. I absolutely forgot how I closed that episode for a second. <laughs> you did great. I Thanks. I absolutely just realized that my flatmates would have heard me very loudly scream about Savage Press. <laughs> and my flatmates already make fun of me for Savage Press. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Oh my god, this tweet that just came across my timeline. Am I to understand that two adult Yodas fucked? <laughs> One, it's two adult Yaddles, so yeah. Yeah. and two, there are other ways to reproduce. Just saying. The people we are Listen, we are finding out that people are so closed-minded about, like, how things exist. Thanks to this conversation about Baby Yodel. Who to thunk? I just... I... All these people think they're so progressive and, like, left. Baby Yodel is bringing forward the dialogue that this country needs to heal. (laughs) (laughs) Truly. (laughs) Truly. It's just yeah. people mad at me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because BuzzFeed exists, and I'm sorry. Um. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, he. <laughs> sorry, Baby Watch 2K19. Um, baby Watch. At... Baby Watch. They are at the hospital. <gasps> <gasps> oh my god.
This is so exciting. Oh my god.